What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett, joined by my co-host, Austin. We are here to talk about all things Nevada basketball regarding the last two weeks since we've been gone. We last recorded um, before the Boise State game. And, yeah, well, there's a lot has happened. Um, it is, the unfortunately, the end of the season. Nevada did lose to Florida in the first round of the tournament. Such heartbreak for a team that was expected to at least go to the third weekend of, or the third, the, at least the Sweet 16. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about. We'll go break down uh, the San Diego State loss, what happened there, no Jordan Caroline. We'll talk about Selection Sunday, how the committee got Nevada wrong, and obviously we'll talk about the game against Florida and then talk about, uh, to wrap up the show, we'll talk about what what's next for the future of Nevada with some breaking news. But looking at the game against San Diego State, no Jordan Caroline as he was injured with an, an Achilles injury, but he looked fine. I don't I didn't see an injury walk w- watching him walk on the court. He looked fine. Um who knows why he missed, but Nevada uh did suffer a loss in the second round tournament. Their second year in a row, they lost to San Diego State in the Mountain West tournament, so not not great, especially seeing how we beat them by 32 weeks ago. Yeah, uh, obviously San Diego State has had our number in the past, continue to have our number. It's a little weird that um, Jordan Caroline didn't play in this game. Like you said, the Achilles injury held him out. That was the official word. There's been a lot of speculation on to why he didn't play, if it was an Achilles injury or if there was some other things that are going on behind the scenes, but the official word is the word we'll stick to, and that is the Achilles injury. So it's a really, really a tough break to see them lose in the second round again. But uh, just yeah, bad, bad ending, and um, something unfortunate to hang our hats on. Yeah, as we mentioned, uh, no Jordan Caroline. So Jazz Johnson got 38 minutes of play. You had uh, Cody Martin play 40 minutes. Caleb only played 24 minutes and got two fouls in the first two minutes. So not great to see. Uh, but Cody led the team in scoring 16 points. Also had six boards. Treshawn Thurman had a double-double with 11 and 11. But overall, it just seemed like Nevada's offense couldn't click. They only scored 56 points. Nevada failed to score in the last seven minutes of play. They were They were up by three at one point in this game and just couldn't. They just couldn't put the game away. Yeah, I think it was our offense, which is, again, something that we have talked to, talked about the entire season, but it was our offense. With Jordan Caroline out, it seemed like everyone just kind of played one-on-one basketball. The entire game, we had five assists, which means there was absolutely no passing whatsoever this entire game. Uh, our our starting point guard, Cody, had one assist, and then which is leads on to the Florida game, which we'll talk touch on later is just it seemed like it was definitely one-on-one basketball there was no passing there was no movement to the offense Caleb being out surely didn't help us it was just we had no offense in this game at all the one bright spot I would say was Treshawn Thurman he played fantastic he had two blocks like you said he played played well he was the Wolfpack's best player that game right with with JC out he really said okay I'm gonna I'm gonna play my best basketball which is something we didn't see with Cody or Caleb or even like Trey um, and Jazz. I mean, Jazz had eight points, but he went uh, three for nine from the field, three uh, three for three for five from the three-point line. So it's just 
we didn't have a great game and our offense failed to put up the numbers. Yeah, the Wolfpack uh, went seven the last seven minutes without a made field goal. You're right. not going to get back in the game when you don't score. And it seemed like Jordan, uh, not Jordan, uh, Caleb, when, it, when he got back in the game, because he sat out most of the first half, uh, he was just rushing his shot, couldn't get the rhythm. And obviously we talked about the two quick fouls, but you got, you're, you're a fifth-year senior. I think you got to be more disciplined and realize, okay, I already got a foul. If I get a second one this early, uh-oh, we could be in trouble. But a play I want to talk about was that foul on or that technical foul on Trey Porter. I don't know what happened. I think uh, it, from the look of it, it looked like Trey Porter got grabbed, and then because he got grabbed, he swung. So I think you should have issued a technical on both, or don't issue a technical. I don't get how you give. Uh, was it a flagrant or a technical on Trey? I think it was. I think it was just technical. If it was a technical, then I don't I don't get how you give it to someone who ends up just bloodied. His face gets bloodied as he hits the deck. Like it was it it honestly seemed like the wrong call, but there's yeah. no, there's nothing you can do. The fouls were 18-18. So, uh Nevada did a good job limiting Jalen uh McDaniels, 12 points on 5 of 14 shooting, but they could not stop uh Devin Watson who dropped 20 points on 5 of 10 shooting. Four of seven from deep, but the Wolfpack just failed uh, failed to shoot well. They shot thirty seven percent from the field, twenty five percent from the field uh, from three, and then forty six percent from the free throw line. I don't know what else to say about this game. Nevada just choked. They were the one seed coming in. They were the, they were an eleven point favorite, but they, it's weird seeing this, especially seeing how they beat them by thirty in just not even a week not even a week ago. Right. I think this was exactly – it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand to the Florida game too, and we'll touch on it, but it just seemed like this team was incredibly out of rhythm and out of sync, and it seemed like no one – there was no joy, there was no happiness. It just seemed like they didn't even want to be at the same on the same court with each other, and that was something that we kind of saw in, in the Florida game too is just it didn't seem like anyone was having fun playing basketball. You know what I mean? And that was something that we saw earlier in the season was, you know, people – dunking or hitting a three and everyone getting excited and the entire team getting behind someone and it seemed like during the San Diego State and Florida game just was one-on-one basketball and it wasn't really didn't seem like it was fun for anyone and it wasn't fun for the fans watching either so yeah it was it definitely wasn't a good game I don't I don't know what else to say either it was just it was a poor performance they came out and choked and uh again San Diego State had her number at least with last year's team uh Going into the tournament, there was speculation on whether that whether or not they were going to make the tournament if, had they not won, uh, the won the Mountain West. Right. But this year's team, they knew they were in, and so they kind of. It seemed like they coasted. Mm-hmm. Through, they barely got out of the Boise game. They didn't get out of the San Diego State game, but it could have been an issue. Um, and I think it was an issue seeing that they thought they probably were too confident. Yeah. Or like. They they felt like they didn't need necessarily need to play, right? They might have felt like you know our our tournament berth is already locked in. We don't have to give our best effort, or we don't have to win the tournament to get in. It was interesting though because you know we talked about that three 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 goal that they had, and you know they got the share of the Mountain West uh, regular season title, but that second three was to you know get that um, 
that Mountain West championship, and that was something that didn't happen. It seemed like they didn't really want that goal, and then that second three of getting to that um, that third weekend, it's just or that third round, it just didn't really it didn't really seem like they were driven for that goal to um, to achieve that three 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 goal that they wanted to achieve. And don't get me wrong, this season was probably I mean tied uh tied the school record for wins i believe or one under no 29 wins of school is yeah. tied for a school record right and and so they did they did have an amazing season by all means i mean nevada basketball is having tremendous success but that doesn't mean we can't um pick out things that they could have done better and there is a lot of things that this team could have done better um with the final two games yeah no nevada obviously wasn't really worried about where they were going to play because um, they knew they were in the tournament for sure, obviously. It was a team that was ranked in the top 20 all year long. Started out at number seven. Uh, brought in the highest recruit ever, or tied for the highest recruit ever, I think. Yeah. Uh, but then it, it just got to a case, what we saw last year, Nevada just, Nevada must didn't open up his bench. Uh, we saw very limited minutes of Jordan Brown. Even though Jordan Brown played well, you, you didn't see any right. minutes. But moving on to Selection Sunday, Nevada got selected to be a seven seed in the West region, playing Florida in the first round in Des Moines, Iowa. I was a little bit shocked because I thought they would give Nevada San Jose because the fact that there's two, three maybe good West Coast teams other than Gonzaga. Like, you got Oregon. Oregon was in San Jose as a 12. I thought they were going to give Nevada, but I guess they didn't see the way Nevada finished uh, good enough to get him one of those four or five seeds. Yeah, which was which was um, disheartening to Pack fans, and I think what the the team in general was, you know, they really wanted to play on that West Coast area, and they wanted to get the most fans they could, and they wanted to get that home environment type feel, and it didn't happen, you know, all the way in Iowa, that could have played some some fault in that uh, first round loss, but ultimately it just came down to how they played, and um, which was very poor. You're right. Speaking of going into that, Nevada lost 70-61 to 61 to Florida. Uh, I'll just say this first. Florida played really well. They, yeah. they had a very good defense. They That's what they're known for. The Nevada cannot stop uh, their center, uh, Hayes, as he dropped 16. Uh, Jalen Hudson, who came into this game shooting below 30%, was really good. He shot 5 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 from deep, torched Nevada for 15 points. Those were 15 clutch points. But then uh, Jordan Caroline was non-existent. Kayla Martin, non-existent. The only real person who showed up was uh, Cody Martin, who dropped 23 points, played the entire game. But, like, Kayla Martin shot 5 of 22 from the field, 7 of 11 from deep. Jordan Caroline, 2 of 11 from the field, 0 for 4 from deep, 3 of 7 from the line. But I think the biggest problem for this Nevada team was free throws. Yep. You obviously there were multiple chances where Nevada could have taken the lead, but didn't because they missed free throws. Nevada was down by one at one point, and they just they just couldn't get it going. Jordan Brown played two minutes. The only stat he recorded was a foul, but he still played a really good defense. Yeah, I'd also like to say that um, it was also kind of ironic that it was like. There were two calls against Nevada that kind of swung the game. That flagrant on Jordan Caroline, I'm not sure where he was supposed to land. He went up, defender got him in the air, but like 
Apparently, he should have broke his neck. Uh, appar- appar- apparently, apparently, to yes, apparently. Uh, apparently, Jordan Caroline should have also done right. voodoo magic and just like teleported. Yeah. And also that uh, that what was it the foul on Treshawn, the one where he blocked it. Oh yeah. And they yep. caught a foul. Yep. This was a physical game. They refs the fouls were twenty one to nineteen, so it wasn't like lopsided, but. The fact that Nevada turned the ball over 14 times and only had four assists, that's just so uncharacteristic for an Eric Musselman-led team. Right, and uh, I mean, every category you really look at will really tell you that Nevada should have lost this game. Like you said, four assists, no team ball. Our point guard, who was earlier in the season arguably one of the best point guards in the nation, had no assists in this game, zero. Um, 14 turnovers, Caleb had six turnovers to himself, two players in double digits, and it didn't even seem like Caleb really got that to that 19 points because he shot two for 11 from the three-point line, five for 22 from the field. Like This offensive performance by the Wolfpack was probably one of the worst performances we've seen the entire year, and it just happened to come in the first round of the March Madness. And not only was our offense absolutely atrocious, it was allowing four of their scores to get in double digits. Our defense is usually our defense. Granted, hasn't been our strong point this season, but it's been better than that. And allowing a team to almost shoot fifty percent from the field um, does really doesn't help us at all. They had ten assists compared to our four. It just looked like the pack didn't want to play, which was crazy because I thought I thought coming off the San Diego State loss, this team was going to get fired up more than ever because they're a bunch of seniors who knew that if they lost, this would be their last game ever. Um, in a Wolfpack uniform, but it seemed like they had no motivation and no will as a team to really um, push it together and uh, get that win. You're, yeah, you're right. This this the last since the Utah State game. This offense, this team has not like looked as good as it did in the earlier season. We saw Nevada. Okay, they were down 18 at one point in this game. They made they made the run. They made the famous Nevada run in the second half. But unlike previous years or previous games, Nevada was not able to finish. Nevada, as we saw against Arizona State early in the year, down 15. Nevada came back. down Cincinnati, Against Cincinnati, they were down 22. Against Texas, they were down double digits. But I don't, it just we always relied on Caleb and right. Jordan to put them over the top. They did not do that. Nevada, uh, Nevada just failed to play team basketball. It was mm-hmm. too much hero basketball. Yep. The fact that the Kayla Martin committed six turnovers was astounding. And the fact that Nevada missed so many easy shots, they had easy opportunities. Early in the game, there were a couple missed lobs to Trey. Uh, fast break, uh, one of the twins missed an easy layup. These are all, like, these. if you get those three baskets, it's six. And now it's a three-point game. So... I, I do think you mentioned the point about Cody Martin not having any assists, but I get that Cody Martin was the only bright spot of this offense. He was the reason we were in this game. So I, I get the fact he, he had to take over his brother's role and be the scorer. Yeah. But the fact that Nevada didn't get any barely any production out of the bench is a little bit uh, concerning. Yeah, well, touching on that bench um, production point, I think it's – not completely, obviously, the fault of um, how much these these players have played over the course of a season. 
But at the same time, it is sort of these same six, seven guys have been seeing the court for the majority of the season day in and day out. We Even on easier games, um, granted early in the season, we didn't really see the bench that much. We would see um, Nizre come in a little bit and JB come in a little bit as well. It was more. It wasn't even Niz. It was more Corey Henson. Right, right. But that, and then once, once the other people came in and um, they would get a chance, they would miss a couple shots and Musman would take them right out. Corey was the only one who made a couple shots and Mus would actually play him during the game. But it made the short the short bench made these players, in my opinion, tired. And um, they were, you know, we saw with uh, Jordan Caroline with the Achilles, and they just didn't look like they were a cohesive unit down the stretch of the season and that was something that we did see last season when they were down to Texas and they were down to Cincy they played as a team and came back and there was spark and there was a fire that they wanted to win when they were down they did come back and there was you know there was a little bit of excitement but once we were back you know there was a play where uh, I think it was Caleb pump faked in the corner and he could have drove the ball and maybe kicked it to someone but then he, he, he pump faked and then took a fadeaway three. And it's that kind of hero ball or that kind of, you know, one-on-one basketball that I think hurt us in this in these uh, games because there was no movement and no passing at all. Yeah, obviously Nevada, we know we know they're a very high assist team, and that was right. ultimately the downfall of uh, this team. But it is it is sad to see how the Caleb was the heart and soul of this offense mm-hmm. for the past two years. Struggle in his final two games. Um, and it, it, it's sad to see the Nevada's, these seniors, these seven seniors, their last two games are both losses. It's, it obviously doesn't leave a great taste in their mouth, but like I think this team needs to uh, come back, realize, or for the few people that are left, come back, realize, okay, we're going to have a completely different team next year. Right. And Man. I and I think with our team next year, I know we'll get into it later. I'm just saying I think I think we'll have a lot more passing and a lot more team play basketball than um we did this year because even even in the good times and even through the assists, it seemed like um there was a lot of one on one basketball and not a lot of play calling and not a lot of running an offense. But I do think looking at next year's team, the defense is is gonna be an issue because you yeah. look at it. Trey Porter was a force uh, download. Trey Sean Thurman was yep. one of the best defenders in the in the country, uh, not in the conference. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have Cody Martin, who was last year's Defensive Player of the Year, right. and then Caleb played pretty good defense. Yeah. So it just shows you, like, the fact that we're losing four really good defenders. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how our defense does step up next year especially because I think we need at least one more big man through the transfer market or a young guy to come through and really give us some help down low. I think Jordan Brown's going to be a a great player next year. I think he's going to give us really good minutes and offensive productivity down low. It's just how well he's going to play on defense is going to be the real question. If he, if he does really well on defense, I think, you know, that's a, that's a big step for our defense to give that kind of height down low that uh, shot blocking ability and make people uh, adjust their shots down low. But I agree. It's, we don't know how these young guys, these guards, these transfers that we've never seen before this brand new team, you know, how they are going to play. Cause we all know the scoring ability of, um, of these players that are coming in. We've heard of, they've been averaging a lot at their previous schools. It's just, 
you know, how well are they going to glue together and how well are they going to play on defense? So looking at next year's team, uh, Nevada brings back Lindsey, who's coming off a hip and Achilles injury. Jazz, Jordan Brown, KJ Himes, Jalen Harris, Nizre Zuzwa, and Jalen Townsell. Coming to this team next year after sitting out years, we got Eric Parrish, uh, who I believe is one of the highest uh, sought out third Juco players in the yep. nation. Uh, Shamal, Shamil Stevens, Stevenson, who is from Pitt, Mike Lewis II, and Daryl Edwards. Obviously, you guys can do research on these players to see how good they are, but it, it is interesting because, like, these these four players, I guess, other than the, the three players other than Parrish, are all coming off years where they sat out, including Jalen Harris uh, and, and the freshman. So they're all coming out here next, sitting out a year. So it'll be interesting to see how they come back next year. But also look at grad transfers. Nevada uh, got Trey Porter for grad transfer, and he was huge. Uh, they're also looking at a couple, a couple other peoples. But it'll be interesting to see how Musk can recruit because freshmen are have been, I want to say an issue, but it's the fact that Nevada, other than other than Lindsey Drew, we haven't had a freshman stay past four, past three years. Cam Oliver two years and left. Ja, Josh Hall two years transferred. Yep. Uh, Devereux Ramsey one year transferred. Uh, Nevada had a chance to get Kenny Wooden, didn't. And look at look, look what he's doing in the for Oregon in the Sweet 16. Now, I think Nevada got in Kenny Wooden. I think this would be a whole different story. I think Kenny Wooden is an an incredible player, and he would have definitely benefited this team. I think Josh Hall would have benefited this yep. team. Looking what he can do, he's hit clutch shots for the Wolfpack. He's had um, – he's had – he was a really good defender, and I think by Nevada oversaturating the transfer market, it kicked a guy like uh, – like Josh Hall off the team. Right, and I, I think it is fair to say, you know, that, that recruiting may be an issue at Nevada. And I think it is fair to say that because, you know, that we we have there literally Lindsey Drew is our freshman that um, is still here, and we see freshmen transfer almost every year because, you know, they're not getting the playing time that they, that they thought and that they um, really wanted. And, you know, there was even talk before – he kind of talked about next season, but there was even talk about, you know, is Jordan Brown going to come back? He was extremely un- underused this season, so there, we, there was kind of talks of maybe he's going to transfer to a higher school and, or a better school and get some good playing time. But I think the, the transfer market's a big, big issue because, yes, while we do get some talented veterans who know how to play the game and who, you know, have shown at their past schools that they can do great things, it's we're not getting young talent and – if we do get young talent, they're not staying. And I don't know if that's strictly on Mus or if it's just the program in general. It's it is something to look at. And I think it is fair to say that it might be an issue. Look, I get Cam Oliver. He he was so right. good. He tried right. the draft. Like he tried to he tried to go in that NBA draft. Right. And I think he would have helped out the team last year oh, yeah. and this. Oh, this year I think it would have been tough because of all the seniors they had. But I do think that you got to look at some of the freshmen. Like, 
Like, Nevada's in the hunt for some of these top guys. Like, you're looking at three- and four-star recruits at Nevada. Yep. Like Even five-star recruits. I mean, Kyrie Ky- Walker. Kyrie Walker, yeah. yes. But then right. also uh, Kenyon Martin. Yeah. Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh-huh. And there's some other guys that Nevada has to, like, has to get for, yeah. like, for them. Like, we saw how much hype Jordan Brown got yeah. uh, when he committed to Nevada. But then, like, to him only playing two minutes in their NCAA tournament game when he has proven, like, he's been a good player, but it's like it seems like Jordan Brown was playing with, like, I want to say a chip on his shoulder, but, like, someone looking over him as, like, if he made a mistake, he would get pulled, he would get, uh, he'd get pulled immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw it almost, I wouldn't say every game that he played, but there was a lot of times where... You know he makes one he makes one missed basket or he loses his guy on defense and must immediately takes him out. There was no there was no leeway and I, I get that leeway is something or you know a little bit of slack is something that you have to earn and all the seniors have earned that. You know you see all, obviously the twins um, missing shots all like not all the time but you see them missing shots and they're still in the game. So it's you know that slack is something you have to earn. But it's it's true that I feel like must doesn't let his freshmen play to the extent that maybe some would like, but it is interesting to see because of how many transfers we get. I feel like freshmen almost don't have a chance to play. It is something to take note of because, like you said, that step to getting to the next level as a program, I think, is bringing in top recruits from the high school level, really five-star kind of Jordan Brown-esque recruits and if um, Musk can continue to do that then that's great but if if he can't I think that is due to the lack of playing time that freshmen are getting now yeah you're right looking just even looking at the general recruiting basis for 2019 most of the most of the top uh, most of us recruits committed so unless we find one person who's gonna wait till the last possible minute like Jordan Brown did right it, it it's tough. It's tough midway. Also trying to recruit while in the middle of the season when you're trying to win games, but they are professional coaching staff. Uh, Nevada does uh, lose JoJo Anderson, who who sat out a year from NAU and he's entering the transfer pool, so he'll be uh, eligible immediately. So it'll be interesting to see how this team is because there's still some stuff that needs to come out, like recruits transfers uh also stories from what happened this past year right yeah i i agree there's a lot of there's a lot of what ifs surrounding next year's team uh ultimately i think if muss is back and jordan brown is back i think we have a strong core because just of you know who who they are and what Musk can do with a team i think that this isn't so much of like a looking looking ahead of next year worried it's just we don't. It's more uncertainty to where we don't know what the team is really going to look like because of we don't know who's going to be on the team next year. Now we there has been some talks that Kyrie Walker will reclassify to 2019, but that's that's not even to say if we'll get him. You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely will be interesting. Kyrie Kyrie Walker has been recruited by all the big schools. Right. He's being you look at his ESPN profile: Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Illinois. LSU, who's a three-seed in the tournament, mm-hmm. uh, Memphis, Nevada, Oklahoma, Texas, UCLA. These are all big schools other than a few. It's also interesting to see, you know, l- last year in um, on media day, Jordan Brown even said the run last year really influenced his choice to come to Nevada. That deep sweet 16 run really 
kind of said, okay, yeah, I think Nevada is going to be the place for me. And this year, you know, with that first round loss, how is that going to affect people coming into the program saying, you know what, like you said, the LSU, they're still in it. They're still going. You know, some some people would be, well, I'd rather go there because, you know, they're making deep runs. They're They're building their program better. So it's just interesting to see, you know, if we can still get those recruits, even though what just happened um, this past week. Yeah, out of the top three, top ten players on the West Coast, only three, uh, only three players are left who have not signed. Uh, J.D. McDaniel's, who does not have Nevada anywhere near his top, right. whatever. Yeah, Cassius Stanley, no Nevada, and then Shoal Martell does not have Nevada. So obviously, you'd like to recruit from from the area, but I think. I think Nevada's gotten to a level where you got to start looking at these five-star recruits, starting to build up your program to where you can recruit on a constant level. Pull like a Gonzaga. Like, look at what Gonzaga brings in year in and year out. Yeah, I think Gonzaga is a, the perfect kind of – the perfect template to what you want to work on because I think for – and Must and the coaching staff obviously are smart guys. They know this. But just to take that next step as a program, you really have to bring in those – those top, top people and those top recruits from high school. And we did it with Jordan Brown, and that was, you know, that was what built so much excitement because, you know, look at Nevada now getting these McDonald's All-American five-star recruits. And so is that something we can continue with, or is that kind of just a one-time thing? So that is something to look forward to because, like you said, 2019, mostly everyone's already taken. You know, mostly everyone's already committed to a school. So it'll be interesting to see if there's – what 2019 will look like if it will be transfers or if we can get you know one or even two high school players yeah and yeah as we mentioned um there's still a ton of time until next what is it october late october right. since the season starts uh-huh. so and i do think nevada nevada will come out and schedule a harder uh harder uh nevada will plan for a harder schedule this year yeah. because you saw like what was projected to be a hard schedule turned out to be a cakewalk for right. Nevada when it comes to like teams. Nevada played what one team? ASU, well obviously Utah State. Yeah. But like ASU was the only team I think Nevada played to get in the tournament. Cuz you thought coming into right. the year you think okay, South Dakota State, they should win their league. Uh well Chicago, they're coming off a final four berth. Right. Uh USC, USC ASU in Utah Three tough Pac-12 teams, two on the road, one at a neutral site. BYU is a 21 team, but like I think Nevada will come out. It'll be much more difficult schedule. They got I know they for sure they signed uh, home and home with USC. USC is going to be a much better team next year. They got a they got a couple five star recruits coming in, but it'll be interesting to see once the schedule is finally out if Nevada's in these tournaments like Gonzaga, like San Diego State is, or like. Put themselves among, like, try to compete nationally. Like, obviously, you're not going to get a Zion Williamson, but I think Nevada Nevada could make a game. But Right. I think I think now is the the really the time where we need to start getting into those those big tournaments. Kind of like, well, we saw San Diego State go to the uh, Maui Gym Invitational last year, which is one of the biggest, obviously, like, preseason tournaments. Um, out there, you you see Duke and Zaga playing in it. So that would be incredibly interesting to see Nevada, you know, at that level possibly 
playing in those preseason tournaments to get some good competition. We can only schedule so hard because of our status as a mid-major. And last year, even with our status as a mid-major, we schedule these good teams, yet they do not play to their full potential. It's interesting to look at, and we'll see if if next year's scheduling works out a little bit better for us. Yeah, you're right. Nevada Nevada built itself on transfer being transfer you, but now I think it's time we start recruiting. Right. I think transfers obviously can get you so far, but then you only got a few years with these players. Like, sure, Nevada got three great years out of Jordan Caroline, but it only got a year out of Trayshawn uh, Trey Thurman. Mm-hmm. It's only gotten a year out of uh, Corey Henson. It's only got it got two years out of the Twins, but the Twins made the most of their. Oh yeah. So I think it's time it's 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 time to start recruiting. It's time to start building because this I'm guessing the summer is going to be huge for the Wolfpack team, seeing how young they go from being old to now being really young. Like you look at a team that was five, five, uh, five fifth year seniors. You look at Jazz; he's coming in. He'll he'll be a senior. But then you got probably JB, who's going to be in a starting lineup. Uh, Lindsey Drew, who's a five years five year senior, so you don't necessarily have I wouldn't say the depth, but also like the leadership. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a young team for sure, and um, I'm glad that we do have Lindsey back, and I'm glad that we have Jazz back as well, because at least we have some you know senior leadership to where they have experience, they have a lot of years under their belt, especially Jazz um, and Lindsey both having you know March Madness tournament experience which is always great so it, it it is it is interesting looking at the at the like projected um roster next year and seeing yeah we're going to be a really really drastically different team from last year to this year with being so old now going to be so young and what the the recruiting aspect of it is another reason is we don't know how long Muss is going to be around you know if Muss is going to make Nevada his uh, one school like uh, Mark Few did or the the other great coaches around the country who have been at their schools for incredibly long time. We don't know if Musses has that in mind for Nevada, and we don't know if he's going to get poached by a Power 5 school. That could also affect recruiting. You know, a lot of guys don't want to go to a team where they think that coach is only going to be around for one year. So it's it's definitely interesting to look at, and I don't know if must potentially leaving can affect our recruiting as well. Yeah, look at look at the school down south. They fired Marvin Menzies. All the all their players are transferring. Right. Yeah. You you get rid of you get rid of the coach that recruited you or get get rid of the coach that had a program building. Yes, he didn't have the best years, obviously, but after three years, it looked like UNLV might have been on the upswing with all the um, recruits and the potential um, transfers and just getting a program under a coach and yet they fire their coach. And then literally, I think it was five or six people transferred within a couple of days afterwards. So it is, I mean, it's not good for UNLV. It's good for PAC fans, but um, hopefully, you know, God forbid that happened to our school. Yep. Hopefully most days, hopefully we get transfers. Hopefully we get five star recruits, but uh, we are wrapping up today's short episode. Uh, Expect for us to try to talk to some basketball players as we move into the offseason. Football's done, basketball's done, and now we just got baseball and softball left. So the show will start being a little bit different from here on out uh, as, as what we saw last year. But thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.
Inside you know In one shot 